This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Middle East Report Studios in Pistown, USA, Washington, D.C. Check out our website, districtsentinel.com. It is Mueller Day. The Mueller Report is out. I'm on my seventh uh, Mueller mule, our Moscow Mueller. Seth Abramson is it's on. It's Mueller time. Seth Abramson is on number 248 of his mega thread, responding uh, to the Mueller report. And unfortunately, there are not FBI agents storming into the White House to arrest uh, the president. That will not be happening, folks. Was that his version of death penalty for Steve Bannon? (laughs) Pretty much. Um, A lot of stuff we've already known about Russian interference attempts in the election are laid out in uh, the bulk of this 400, more than 400 page report that does have quite a few redactions. Um, The importance of this interference uh, is determinant on how invested you were in the Hillary Clinton campaign. (laughs) Um, and how influential you think things like the Buff Bernie coloring book were. were. <laughs> um, it's all about who you ask, I guess. Or, or that one protest that they organized, yeah. or like the, the few protests where they get like 12 people to show up, and one of them uh, uh, has a cryptic message for the internet research agency boss in <laughs> Russia, and it's like funny to him. And it's ultimately meaningless, but it's evidence that the Russians yeah. were interfering. A lot of people were indicted related to this, but those people will never face charges because they live in Russia. And plus, the U.S. does similar stuff, and Russia could indict Americans for doing that stuff. Um, the report does exhaustively examine the contacts between Russians uh, and members of the Trump campaign, and there were a lot. I mean, it's clear that Russians were reaching out to the campaign, attempting to curry favor. Uh, It's unclear if any of this went beyond standard foreign policy and networking uh, that happens with politicians. Uh, Mueller doesn't conclude that former, for example, former Russian ambassador to the U.S., uh, Sergei Kislyak, uh, was a spy or anything. Uh, That was a charge frequently made by mega threaters like Mr. Abramson uh, and Russia gators in general. Um, if you look at a lot of this stuff, it's it's the Russians who uh, foreign policy officials, other individuals who uh, were afraid of a Clinton campaign trying to like make inroads in a Trump campaign, which is pretty standard practice uh, in politics, I'd say. Um, Mueller does. Note that many of the subjects of his investigation used encrypted communications and deleted communications afterward and often asserted Fifth Amendment privileges, which limited what the special counsel team could uncover. That includes the president who, according to the report, told Mueller's investigators that he didn't recall something more than 30 times in uh, the written um, in his written answers to the Mueller team. Um Some other interesting tidbits. Upon first learning that a special counsel had been appointed, the report states that Trump said, quote, Oh, my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Which might explain why he then tried to obstruct justice, although um, the report doesn't uh, definitively say Trump obstructed justice. It 
examined 10 different incidents for possible obstruction. Um, problem here is the special counsel couldn't establish intent, which is necessary component to charge someone with obstruction. Trump wasn't exonerated either. Um, before the report was released, Attorney General uh, Bill Barr attempted to run cover for the president on the issue by saying it was, quote, important to keep in mind the context of what Trump was dealing with when he tried to obstruct justice and that the president was merely, quote, frustrated. <laughs> Barr also said that uh, the White if House... If you're melting down, you can obstruct justice. It's a little Barr, known yeah. rule. Barr also said that the White House provided unprecedented access to the special counsel, uh, even though Trump didn't actually sit for an interview with the special counsel, refused to. And as I had said in the written answers to the special counsel's questions, uh, Trump said, I don't recall to most uh, questions. There were also some pretty funny moments, some lighter moments in the Mueller report. Uh, for example, footnote 28 defines the term troll, <laughs> which evidently, I and I kind of quibble with the Mueller team on this. The term troll refers to internet users, in this context, paid operatives who post inflammatory or otherwise disruptive content on social media or other websites. I think you can troll for good. I don't think trolling has to be inflammatory or disruptive per se. I think it can be provocative. I think you can uh, try to elicit a reaction out of someone. I, do, I don't necessarily think that would be considered inflammatory if, say, for example, you were trolling uh, the the social media account of a of a major multinational bank. Yeah, <laughs> is that inflammatory? No, it's good. Anyway, uh, there were some other funny moments. I looked. Uh, it, it's I obviously did not read the entire report. It's four hundred forty some pages. But uh, one of the aspects of this whole thing that has intrigued me the most was the firing of James Comey. And uh, that part of the report did not disappoint. There were some good parts with Chris Christie. Uh, <laughs> there was one part. Well, first of all, uh, Trump asked Christie, uh, he, he, uh, at one point during the lunch, the president said, now that we fired Flynn, the Russia thing is over. Christie laughed and responded, no way. <laughs> So it's it was Christie, a guy who uh, had been investigated himself for the Bridgegate stuff, uh, relayed that he has personal right. experience to yeah. know that the investigation will not be over. Right. Christie recall, <laughs> recalled based on his experience, both as a prosecutor and as someone who had been investigated, firing Flynn would not end the investigation. Christie said there was no way to make an investigation shorter, but a lot of ways to make it longer. <laughs> More good uh, Christie material. Toward the end, this is, I, I think, another lunch. Uh, either way, no, 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 this is the same lunch. I'm sorry, but it is uh, Trump having lunch with Christie. Uh, the president brought up Comey and asked if Christie was still friendly with him. Christie said he was. The president told Christie to call Comey and tell him that the president really likes him. Tell him he's a part of the team. <laughs> At the end of the lunch, the president repeated his request that Christie reach out to Comey. Christie had no intention of complying with the president's request that he contact Comey. He thought the president's request was nonsensical. 
And Christy did not want to put Comey in the position of having to receive such a phone call. Christy thought it would have been uncomfortable to pass on that message. <laughs> there are other instances in which uh, Trump is asking his officials to obstruct justice on his behalf, and they just don't. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Barr <laughs> concludes that the president did not obstruct justice. Yeah. And it is, I think, the the uh, uh, another aspect of the people. Uh, Trump didn't have enough willing accomplices because uh, Mueller at one point notes that tr- justice effectively wasn't obstructed, that the investigation continued despite the fact that James Comey uh, was fired. And Trump, I think Trump was just looking <laughs> to get a lot of people on board for this and just no one was really up for it. <laughs> Trump was just desperate to get James Comey alone in a room, and yeah. uh, he did that at a few times. At some point, after others had left the Oval Office, Reince Priebus opened the door, but the president sent him away. So uh, more humiliation for Reince Priebus there. Uh, that's good. It, Comey was very adamant about not wanting to be left alone with Trump. I don't know if this is news or not. I think that came out before. Yeah, Comey had said that. He had said that. Uh, very relatable. Uh, <laughs> another funny moment where we get some insight into, well, maybe the president doesn't actually recall. You said there were 30 times when he told the yeah. special. His brain might not work that way. Uh, so... The president brought up former attorneys general Robert Kennedy and Eric Holder and said they had protected their presidents. The president also pushed back on the DOJ contacts policy and said words to the effect of, you're telling me that Bobby and Jack didn't talk about investigations, referring to RFK and JFK, or Obama didn't tell Eric Holder who to investigate? Steve Bannon uh, recalled that the president was mad as Bannon had ever seen him and that he screamed at White House counsel Don McGahn about how weak Attorney General Jeff Sessions was. And uh, here's the part about the memory thing. Uh, Bannon recalled telling the president that Sessions' recusal was not a surprise and that before the inauguration, they had discussed that Sessions would have to recuse from campaign-related investigations because of his work on the Trump campaign. So... Maybe not evidence of a crime. Evidence of Alzheimer's, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Evidence of a brain disease by Trump. He's the only one who you could tell, who could tell the special counsel 30 times that he doesn't recall. And he might have a point. Yeah. He might have a point. Uh, I hope I'm not going on too long here. There's, no. there's another good one about uh, an interview Trump gave with Fox uh, Business News' Maria Bartiromo, which appears to say more about Fox than it does about the administration. And uh, it, basically, the president, he was doing uh, an interview with Bartiromo. It was taped that afternoon, as the special counsel describes it. The president was asked uh, if it was too late for him to ask Comey to step down, and Trump responded, no, it's not too late, but you know I have confidence in him. We'll see what happens. You know it's going to be interesting. And this is the part about Fox. After the interview, uh, Hope Hicks, communications person Hope Hicks, told the president she thought the president's comment about Comey should be removed from the broadcast of the interview, but the president wanted to keep it in, which Hicks thought was unusual. Uh, I think it's unusual that the president apparently has veto power. Yeah, that Hicks felt that they have (laughs) power to tell Fox Business to strip out things that that he said in an interview. Yeah, that was... uh, 
that was pretty eyebrow raising. Uh, I guess the last... No, no, no. I have other things to flag, <laughs> too. There's one... Go off. Go off. There's one uh, where Don McGahn was cucked, basically, uh, by Stephen Miller. Uh, the president told the group that... This is firing James Comey. Uh, the president told the group that Stephen Miller had researched the issue and determined the president had the authority to terminate Comey without cause. <laughs> Googled it. He Googled it. Mind you, uh, say what you will about Don McGahn... Uh, he's an actual lawyer, and uh, Stephen Miller, not a yeah. lawyer. So I mean, that, 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 to be fair funny. to Stephen Miller, he is mostly correct in this case because Democrats aren't doing anything with this report. I mean, even though there's no criminal uh, charges that are going to be filed against the president or anybody for obstructing justice, there's plenty of stuff in the report that Congress could use to pursue uh, impeachment under obstruction if they wanted to. Um, and, and, and maybe Miller was right at the end of the day, but you had other lawyers in there urging the president to try to force Comey to resign rather than to overtly fire him. Yeah. And, and Trump was like, no, no, I want him to resign. Or, sorry, I want to fire him. And Miller tells me it's okay. Miller tells me it's okay. And I don't think in, in the in the grand scheme of things, probably wasn't okay. It probably opened up to all this litigation risk and caused him uh, uh, more legal trouble than he needed. So I'm not sure, uh, even if he doesn't get in trouble for this, I'm not sure uh, Stephen Miller gave him the most pristine advice there. Uh, there is another funny moment. Two more things I've got here, and then we can uh, move on to the garbage can. Uh, funny moment here where Rod Rosenstein uh, uh, was asked about putting the Russia stuff in the Comey firing memo, and he, he said no. Uh, Rosenstein responded that the Russia investigation was not the basis of the re recommendation, uh, so he did not think Russia should be mentioned. The president told Rosenstein he would appreciate it if Rosenstein put it in the letter anyway. And uh, Rosenstein didn't do this. This was the memo that he drafted that Trump cited as justification for Comey's firing. Like this, too, is sort of evidence that that Trump really wasn't trying to obstruct justice because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Like he was so bad at it and being so blatant that he didn't even understand. Right. The consequences of it. Like, if you wanted to obstruct justice, you wouldn't want to put Russia in the letter. You wouldn't want to make it obvious that that's what you're trying to do here. <sighs> but he's like, ah, oh, just put that smoking gun in there. Because he, he, like, it didn't factor into his thinking that what he was doing was wrong. Right. Because even the appearance of, uh, of obstruction of justice could be... Uh, you know, where there's smoke, where there's fire. But, it, it, it yeah, Trump didn't appear to notice uh, uh, what was going on, really. The White House uh, lawyers, they did not... So, basically, everyone remembers the, the last thing here. Everyone remembers the funny thing about the Comey firing letter, how it started with uh, Trump saying, thank you for telling me I'm not under investigation <laughs> on three separate occasions. White House uh, lawyers did not want that in the letter. They were very <laughs> adamant that that did not uh, make the letter. 
And they, <laughs> in fact, the White House Counsel's Office said that the president's original termination letter should not see the light of day and that it would be better to offer no other rationales for the firing other than it was what it was in Rosenstein's and Sessions memoranda. Uh, the president then asked Stephen Miller to draft a new t- termination letter. And directed Miller to say in the letter that Comey had informed the president three times that he was not under investigation. <laughs> McGahn, Priebus, and Dylan objected to including that language, but the president insisted that it be included. Miller is like the great enabler. <laughs> uh, the report does cast the press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, in a negative light as well. It, in fact, has smoking gun evidence that she fucking lied uh, to the press corps, which obviously she has been lying to the podium all the time, but rarely do you get clear evidence of these lies. You might remember after Comey uh, was fired, she said she was asked from the podium for reasons why he was fired, and she gave this answer. I can speak to my own personal experience. I've heard from countless uh, members of the FBI that are grateful and thankful for the president's decision. You personally have talked to countless FBI officials, employees, since this happened. Correct. I mean, <laughs> correct. Really? Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, really? I mean, so are we talking between like email, like, text messages? Like absolutely. 50, yes. 67. I, I, I mean, like, gonna, look, we're not going to get into a numbers game. I, I mean, I have heard from a large number of individuals that work at the FBI that said that they're very happy with the president's decision. <laughs> so it was pretty obvious to people in the press room that she was full of shit as she was saying it. But when she was investi- uh, investigated or I guess asked questions by Mueller's team about this incident. Reading from the report, quote, Sanders told the press after Comey's termination that the White House had heard from countless FBI agents who had lost confidence in Comey. Sanders acknowledged to investigators that her comments were not founded on anything. Isn't it great how lying to federal officials about what you had for breakfast is a crime, but you can be the White House press secretary and just get up there and lie about whatever the fuck you want and it's just it's chill it's fine uh we are getting reaction from democratic leadership in the house to the report steny hoyer quote based on what we have seen today going forward on impeachment is not worthwhile at this point (laughs) very frankly there's an election 18 months and the american people will make a judgment i mean that was like that's been the backdrop of all of this and why really none of this matters is because Democrats weren't ever going to do anything with it uh, no matter what they found out and here we are can you imagine if Trump gets reelected and Democrats retain the house and they say well now that the ele- now that he's won a second term we may as well start the impeachment proceedings how how do you think that's going to fucking look dipshits yeah Bottom line here is uh, the Trump administration engaged in a lot of shady-ass behavior. Uh, there's a lot of criminal stuff that uh, exists outside the Mueller report that is still being probed related to the president. Uh, it's pretty clear that the president attempted to engage in obstruction of justice and had any one of us done some of the things that the president did, we likely would have been charged for that crime. Um And also, a lot of the most wild conspiracy theories related to Russiagate were disproven by this report, uh, too. Stuff related to Manafort's dealings, 
with Russian oligarchs, stuff related to Carter Page, stuff related to the dossier. A lot of this, that stuff just never panned out. Uh, one of those things being the P-tape. The report does discuss the P-tape, and I'm just going to read directly from the report here. This is when uh, Comey briefed the president on the Steele memo. Comey's briefing included the Steele reporting's unverified allegation that the Russians had compromising tapes of the president involving conduct when he was a private citizen during a 2013 trip to Moscow for the Miss Universe pageant. During the 2016 presidential campaign, a similar claim may have been uh, may have reached candidate Trump. On October 30th, 2016, Michael Cohen received a text from Russian businessman Georgi Ritzkahalzi that said, quote, stopped flow of tapes from Russia, but not sure if there's anything else, just so you know, end quote. Well, that's pretty uh, intriguing. What tapes are he, is he talking about here? Um Ritzkialdi said tapes referred to compromising tapes of Trump rumored to be held by persons associated with the Russian real estate conglomerate Crocus Group, which had helped host the 2013 Miss Universe pageant in Russia. Uh, Cohen said he spoke to Trump about the issue after receiving the text from Ritzkahalda. Ritzkahalda said he was told that the tapes were fake, but he did not communicate that to Cohen. So uh, the P tapes are real. But they're likely faked. <laughs> so does that mean someone is in a Trump wig? <laughs> that there's know. like some bootleg porno with some guy dressed up as Trump <laughs> and he's watching uh, sex workers urinate on themselves? <laughs> I don't know what the hell it means. Um, there is other stuff in the report um, related to non-Russian attempts to... Uh, to infiltrate the Trump administration, uh, like Flynn trying to help Israel in a security count, UN Security Council vote. Um, we're going to dive deeper into that stuff on the next Chip Chat. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. All right, that'll do it for our recap of Mueller Day. And guess what? We likely won't have to talk about this shit anymore moving forward. I know we devoted our whole show to it today, but... You know, Congress is out of session and this has been in the works for years and we finally can see it and finally draw something from it, um, even though it's really not going to have any effect whatsoever. Yeah, it was really some of the narrative stuff was interesting and uh, no real surprises, I guess. But yeah, some of the anecdotes uh, were interesting and, and just funny. It's just funny to see the details, the inside details uh, of this absolute horror show. Yeah. That will do it for District Sentinel Radio today. To listen to a longer version of this episode that includes our weekly garbage canning segment, subscribe at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, the Middle East Report. Find it at merip.org. The newscast will return next week. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.